And now, the Disney Parks Podcast infotainment segment. This is, you know, this is the talking about the happiest place on earth. So, yeah, uh, it doesn't. Can, need I to be you, yeah. can I tell you guys something that I, I never told anybody? It's always fascinating to me about this the spectrum of size. Mm. And what I mean is there's a chapter in my book about this little frog called Hercules. I called him Hercules, you know, mm-hmm. but he's so I can't tell you how tiny this thing was. He was so little, like the tip of your finger. And man, he stood up to me. He wasn't taking nothing. Like he had a little hole and it was like a little weep hole for like drips of water. And that was bigger than him. You could put a 10 of him in there, right, but he right. stood up to me and I'm painting around him every night. I'd come see him. And every night he'd come out to push me off. He's this <laughs> big. And then I get to go up in the high lifts above right. the attractions and look at all the land that Walt never got to see yeah. and the size and the scale of it. And with Imagineering moving out to Florida, yeah, they have the land, they have the purpose, they can afford to do it especially in these tough times yeah. and they're going to start building. And when they build, they're going to build here first now in Florida. Yeah. Well, there. Hopefully. I don't know. Are you guys in Florida? Yeah. We're both Orlando people. Yep. Cool. Yeah. So, so to have that there is going to really open up a lot of the arts. I'm afraid for a tiny bit though, they're going to bring with them the log jam that, that LA would have and stuff on their highways because Florida is doing the best they can. It's a great highway system, but you guys know there's 12, 13, Fender benders every single day on I four every yeah. day. Yeah, and it's just going to get worse because there's so much to see, and people are from all over the world. They don't speak English. They never re- drove a car before. I don't know how it's happening. Right. But well, and it, it rains a, every day. So yeah, yeah. So where they're putting their office, I live right near that area, and they're actually now widening the highway an extra lane in each direction. Of course they are. Yeah. So I mean that kind of. Um, you know, was, um, you know, to see that investment though in the area yeah. is nice because yeah. if we're not going to have orange groves and we're going to do Walt stream, then right. let's just do it. Right. And this is what he wanted. He never got to see it, but this is what he wanted. And, and that's why guys, I'm just, you know, the more I think about it, I put out this, this book and I'm, I'm just, I just want to tell you something. It's a 50th anniversary of Walt Disney world. Yeah. So, so being there when the first day when they named it after Walt his brother yeah. was amazing to me as right. a little kid, I never ever forgot any part of it. I was so, I was so, well, my senses just went berserk. Yeah. And then 50 years later to have a book that has 50 quotes from Walt, 50 chapters, 50 illustrations, it all kind of is nicely tied up in a nice neat, you know, right. with a great little story, like, you know, right. right. So, yeah. so, I really, I, I hope that people get a chance to just look at it at least, you know, and see it because it's, it's yeah. the best I could do. To, and the book isn't about Mickey and everything all the time. It's not. Right. Sure. It's about life. It's about life. I had some horrible things happen to me mm. and how I responded and how I got through it and whatever. Hoping that other people that read it, they might find a chapter like, you know what? And I hope that never happens to me. But if it does, I got to be strong because right. I see what he had to go through. Right. So there's things, there's a chapter for everybody. There's some heartwarming things. There's some funny things, some sad things. But it's 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 just. I'm sorry. I was going to say, what's what launched the idea for the book? I mean, you had all these experiences, and you just decided, I'm going to write a book because Tony and I written books, but I'm fascinated to talk to people who've written them. You know, for the spark that really launched them into writing it. So, what was it for you? Well, I got to be really honest with you, and this is going to sound like I'm the biggest spoiled brat in the world, but. So many cool things just kept happening to me that I'd have to tell this person and tell that person because mm-hmm. they're so unbelievable. Like it was pure magic, man. There's no other way I could describe what happened to me. Yeah. And it all happened during the year of a million dreams in that time period wow. when when there wasn't any plagues and pestilence and you wow. know against the world. It was it was a good place to live actually. And yeah. people came and they were on their best behavior when they came there, like guests who have so much to do in such little time. Like if you're on vacation with your family for a week at Walt Disney World yeah. and you're from Zimbabwe, you know, that week is very valuable to you. Every sure. minute matters yes. and buses and, and the schedule. So for people to stop and wait 45 minutes to talk to a, a you know, an ambassador to, to tell something really nice about a cast member yeah. is so, that's the magic because, you know, people will go and complain and they'll wait in line and complain, you know, that's human nature. <laughs> but if you have something nice to say about somebody, by the time you walk away from them and get to the gates, eh, should I go through the gate and get on vacation or should I stop and do this? So you got yeah. six kids. Right. Well, that happened 70 times. People did that for me. 
that's the kindness I was shown back yeah. in reward for being, mm. well, just kind of so into it, really. I just, when you love your job, the people around you, they get excited at Disney World anyway. Right. Like if you're a baker and you're excited, you'll draw a crowd. If right. you know, you have to love what you do. You have to love what you do. Right. And so being an artist my whole life, it was so easy. It was a dream I thought would never happen. It shouldn't have happened. Yeah. I got really lucky and I'm super spoiled. Now, yeah. I went in very prepared. I didn't just walk in with an idea. I went right. to school for engineering for four years. I went to school for art for eight more. Wow. You know, I was real. I did 500 murals before I even started. So, you know, it didn't happen overnight. My whole life has been this kind of passion for visual arts, which, John, you can understand that both you and your yeah. wife are into entertainment yeah. and stuff. Now, I can't really sing. I tried just to keep my voice pretty, but I, I know that I can't sing. Right. And I, and I don't, I, you know, I have a very little bit of acting experience, mm. but. But I like to build sets, and that's in 2D or 3D or whatever, and add right. some music and some animatronics, and all of a sudden, now we're rocking. You know what I mean? Right. So I like being a part of that, and I love being a part of Disney Animation because it showed me all of operations. Like I really got to see sure. yeah. how it works from the top down just by loving my job. That's all I did, guys. I just went in. And I loved my job so much. It was the greatest job ever. Right. And it was fun. You know, I loved it. Yeah. And being paid to be a lost boy to teach little ones to fall in love with Disney World through their own drawing of Goofy or Donald Duck was so rewarding. And right. it just kept happening over and over. So when you get that kind of magic, like there's an electricity to it, there's a little vibration in the air. I swear that starts to like they already people already come in happy, but they don't know what's going on. And they leave laugh and they go back around to do it again. It was so much fun. Right. So that you know, the animation academy was really cool. Yeah. Uh so, okay, so so, tell, Ed, so, tell, so I'm sorry. Yeah, tell us how you got started at Disney. So how did how did you go from okay. you know art well, to you know Disney? John asked me John asked me a question like he's fascinated about how do you get an idea for a book. Right. So I was spoiled with all these magical things. I kept telling everybody, and then Catherine did something amazing. She she wrote a letter to Disney after being in my class, mm -hmm. and it was so well written that it went all the way to the top, and it was one of the three Spirit of Disney Awards that I won. It's oh, wow. ridiculous, guys. I'm so spoiled. So, so I, I, I contacted her and said, thank you for that. You know, that's so sweet of you, and I won a Spirit of Disney Award, and you, know, you don't even know how much you've helped me. And uh, I said, if, you, if I can ever do anything for you, just let me know. Twelve years later, she contacts me and says, my stepson, and she's on her second marriage, and her stepson now can draw like a wizard. Can you help him? So I said, sure. And right now he's drawing at Universal. He's he's his character artist at Universal oh, wow. Studios. Very cool. So so I kept my word. But then I said, you know, you wrote really well, and I've been waiting for a certain time in my life for enough things to happen that I could get a book ready. And as I saw that the fiftieth anniversary was coming like three, four years ago, I said, Man, you know, inside there's something saying, if I'm gonna do it. I got to start. I got to make a serious attempt at it. Because yeah. I'm the kind of person, if I get an idea, no matter how crazy, I'm going to find a way to it. You know, I'll, I'll reverse engineer it backwards and figure out a way in. Or I'll trust in the path that I'm on because yeah. things just fall in my place because I'm really trying really hard to make it happen. Yeah. And anybody can do that, by the way. I'm not special. You, some people just need to be reminded that, you know, if, 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 you, if deep inside your heart you got something you want to do, Man, you got one chance in this world to do it. And there's no excuses. If you want to go out and say, I could have, should have, would have, then you go right ahead. But that doesn't serve anyone. Yeah. You know, I'd rather see somebody tried and failed than somebody didn't try at all. Sure. Seriously, a failure, a failure is better than somebody that didn't even put out the energy. Right. And right. we have so much energy together. Yeah. There's 9 billion people on the planet. We're supposed to get along. And we got to figure that part out too. But right now, Disney World offers the best chance for all different people come together and be on their best behavior. Right. And I'm not sure that Walt planned on that, but he saw that if you take care of something, then, then people will too. And if you don't, then don't make it worse. So he always cared about taking care of the parks. And since your podcast is called Disney Parks, I thought we would maybe talk about just how wonderful these parks are, how clean they are, and how yeah. hard people work to keep them that way. Right. But I, we, we can talk about whatever you want. I just... Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so I asked Catherine, Hey, you want to help me write a book? The pandemic happens. Right. And I say, now's the time let's do it. And I'm a big Dallas Cowboy fan, as you can see. <laughs> and, uh, and she's in Plano and I've always, I told everybody my whole life I was going to move here for the Cowboys, right. even though they're so bad. They're like the worst ever. So, <laughs> so, but I'm still here in spirit. I get the flag on my car. I'm completely out of my mind with it, but, <laughs> but she, uh, she's, you know, that was enticing. And then, Man, she sat here for like a year and a half 
10 hours a day just typing away all my dictations and stuff and really right. all those and and you know when you talk you don't put in your punctuation or yeah anything sure like that. Right. And and I can and I can and I can talk the butt off a tin monkey, obviously. So I had a lot of I had a lot of stuff to give her. Yeah. So as she sifted through it, she placed it and pieced it so that it would chronologically kind of make sense. And then, you know, I I really didn't have to do much editing or anything. Yeah. In the very beginning, she's a girl and she's like so like in love with magic. So it was a little fluffy in the beginning with rainbows yeah. and stuff that really wasn't right. you know, I wanted to keep it a little bit more. Yeah. Like this is really what happened. Right. So once I showed her that, she said, "Oh, I see." And after that, it was just amazing what she did. Right. So that's great. So I'm re- that's great. I'm excited about. It. So 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 you love Disney. You love the shows. You love the entertainment. You were yeah. a guest member, and you yeah. get it. And you decide, hey man, you know what? Let's be a part of it. Let's make our own magic. Yeah. So we're gonna have a podcast. We'll put a podcast together, and we'll put yep. guests. So let's make the show fun. Ask me your questions, and yeah, and give me the whole give me the whole sh- the whole deal. Yeah. So you. Uh, Kind of hinted that you work at the uh, Animation Academy, which I wish they would bring back in some form oh someday, my God. quickly. But so tell us how how that whole how how did you get that how oh. how did that you know work with the audience? Because like yeah, you're saying, oh I'm goodness. sure everybody came in, and then I you know. I know people stayed afterwards to, you know, try and talk to the artists and, you know, if they were into art or how do do I get into art? How do I get into drawing for Disney? So tell us that whole process and how that whole thing worked. I I, I remember when I said I was spoiled, I got to ruin this question because I got to tell you, I'm a different type of person. Okay. Like I had a plan to go do this. Mm -hmm. So I just knew when I got my audition, I got a chance to talk to anybody that worked there. I just went right to casting, walked in, but for a month I practiced what I would say. So they didn't know I was coming. So I hit them, you would understand this, John, with an audition that they couldn't refuse. And I pulled it off. I got lucky. You know, I practiced it and practiced and practiced it. So when I had my chance to do it, they never saw anything like that before. Nobody does that at the casting office. Nobody. I was ridiculous. But it was so charming and so genuine that they hired me on the spot. And then they put me in the animation courtyard and said, as soon as the spot opens, you're next because we want to get you on stage for the guests. So I was like, oh, I was so happy. You know, it was amazing. That's how I did it. That's how I got that spot. But at that time, at that time, somebody had just left and one was open and they had a college program person who wasn't going to be able to stay permanently, but was there for like six months. Mm -hmm. But that person would leave. And then it was me. And it was so nice because now try to do that. The place is closed. It's now Star Wars. Like, you know what I mean? Like everything had to line up for me. I got really, really lucky. It's like, I swear, it's like Walt was watching the whole time. I I promise you. Did you ever work in the fishbowl, you know, where the people kind of, you know, press their face? No, no, they, no, no. They were my friends, but they, at the time when I was part of the one show, they were part of, there's a couple of shows going on. And yeah. one of them is they have people just that paint the cells that they put in the, right. in the gallery. Mm-hmm. So before you got in the gallery, buy one. So, but those people want to focus on what they're doing, but you can talk to them and sometimes they'll yeah. talk back to you, but they're the nicest people. Yeah. I, I'm more of a people person. I want to be with you know, yeah. you and your kids saying wow together. Like every time you see something for the first time, I've seen it for a thousand times, but I'm just such a little kid that it's the same right. thing for me right. as when I was five years old, you know, like I'm still excited by it all. So yeah. yeah, I just can't get over the fact that my birthday is the same day that it happened all. And I got oh, wow. to see Roy. So, okay. So, so you guys don't really know much about me. This is great. I get to tell you. <laughs> all right. So my birthday is October 25th. And I was born in 1966, the same year that Walt died. Wow. Just a few months later, I enter the world and he leaves the world. And that's it, man. And he never saw Disney World be completed or even yeah. started. He never saw Epcot, which was his real dream. You right. know? Yeah. But, I, but I did. As a five-year-old boy, on my birthday, it opens up. So I'm enamored with the place. So I go back when I'm 10. I go back when I'm 15 from Philadelphia, all the way down my family, right. who really had nothing but every five years we'd go on vacation. Really, that's how bad I was. But it would every five. But we'd go to Disney World every time. Yeah. So I just started to know the park, like, and inside me, I'm this artist that's grown and grown and really loving it. Never imagining it ever, but just in case, I wanted to have all the right accoutrement, like as far as the mm-hmm. right paperwork and the right, you know, I want to because Imagineering went back when I was growing up. You had to be an engineer and an artist. We had to understand both. Or that's how I understood it. Yeah. So and my dad and my father never wanted me to be an artist, man. He said, no way. Yeah. You're going to be an engineer. So he made me go to engineering school. Against, I didn't want to go. Mm-hmm. I wanted to just do art. But yeah. he was right. Because then later on in life, it all came full circle. And my dad's advice and everything I did 
I went one way and I went his way too. I kind of did both. Right. It took me a while to do it, but, but I was the beneficiary of two educations then. And suddenly yeah. I became valuable, you know? Right. Right. I didn't. I didn't know, however, that I had all these fun customer service skills. I guess yeah. I'm a lot of fun to hang out with. But yeah. when you have a crayon in your hand and you're drawing Donald Duck, and you start to see how you start with just like a circle, right. and you find the center of it, and you build, and pe- and you can really construct it for people. Well, yeah. they can do it. Anybody can do. It. They say they can't, but they can because I've seen people from all over the world who don't even speak English. Little, big, old, young—it doesn't matter. Right. You can hold a pencil, and even if you can't, we'll find a way. We'll get you to sketch your first Mickey Mouse. Yeah. I mean, people have been drawing Mickey Mouse for almost a hundred years now. Yeah. So everybody has a chance to be that part of that tradition just right. for a half hour. Yeah. And it was really special. And Disney missed out on that. They're trying to capture it again, but I just don't. It doesn't yeah. have the same. I, I I think Animal Kingdom is the wrong place for it right now. You know, it needs to be. You know, the Order Animation Resort is a great place for it. That makes sense. Absolutely. But, uh, the but they studio, don't have it really. Yeah. No. They don't have it. They need a studio no. yes. and the table set up. And you got to be treated like an artist for a little while. You're going yeah. to draw a drawing, be an artist. And yeah. that means paper and pencils, too. Yeah. I, I'd love to see the students learn the fundamentals. I understand I wrote Disney Quest, and I did it myself. Yeah. We do it on the computer, and it's really right. great. Uh-huh. But it's not the same as sketching and learning right. the pressure that your pencil touches the paper, yeah. how lightly you can whisper those lines on, and then dig in a little later when you want to get a darker value. So right. things start to appear closer to you, and suddenly Mickey Mouse comes to life. And to watch that grow, to take that from people, yeah. is not magical. I, I really yeah. think that the fundamentals of being an artist and touching the equipment themselves, mm. and I know you get to touch it with the computers, but right. there's a lot you can do. and. You know, you can flip things over and move things around. You're not locked in. I want your creativity in that pencil to to create the shape of this magnificent world, you know, famous mouse that everybody right. in the you know, universe you, knows who he is. Did you ever work over at the Disney Institute in that art studio that they had built? Yeah. By the time I got there, honestly, that was something completely different at that point. It was yeah. more about – it wasn't about art anymore. It was yeah. more about uh, – all, everything in Disney. Yeah. Like you could learn anything you wanted. So, yeah, yeah. and I never got a chance. I never got a chance to do traditions either. I thought I would have been a great traditions host, but wow. I never got to. And I would have loved to have done that just for, to be a part of that tradition yeah. for the, that class yeah. to be the guy that does it. But they said you had to be an ambassador first at the time. So I was like, okay, you know, no problem. I did all kinds right. of other stuff. Yeah. I, yeah. I left through a tragedy in my life. That's what the book's about. And it was all taken from me, everything, even my children, because my wife just, she just lost her mind and she rolled and took the kids with my brother. It was really bad. So I had to recover from that, give up my career at Disney as an animator. I just got a promotion too, and I lost it all. And so I went home for four years, fought for my kids Mm. and got my kids back and had to go through all that. Right. Working other jobs where there's no magic at all. It was really bad. Yeah. And then one day my kid said, Dad, we'd love to have Walt Disney World back. I said, I know, man, me too. It was right there, guys. So yeah. it's me, my son, and my daughter. And my dog just passed away. And I said, well, if I'm going to go, I got one shot to do this. And I just figured I'd find some job in art down there. But when mm-hmm. I got there, all the animation had moved to California. So yeah. I'm like, okay. Well, they're like, and, the, and they don't do full-time jobs anymore. At the time I went back, there were just right. part-time jobs. There was one full-time job right. and it was a bus boy in the animal kingdom lodge i right. swear so i took it i wanted my badge i wanted to climb up and i got fired 89 days later i i, I was too much magic for that position <laughs> yeah. and they were right to fire me you know it's the first yeah. time i ever been fired in my life but i got fired for going above and beyond there's this little girl and I, I made this magical thing you have to read the book to see her name's blossom and it's such a great chapter of the book I don't want to ruin that part. It's a really well. I'll tell you the story if you want to. Yeah, I've never told ahead. it before. Yeah, go ahead. Are you sure, John? Yeah. Is it cool with you? Uh, that's fine with me. I'd love to hear. I love great stories. Yeah. Well, there, I, I'm pushing these trays in the Animal Kingdom Lodge, and nobody's really supposed to see me. I'm supposed to be kind of covert. Grab the dirty trays outside people's rooms. Like this is what I'm doing. I want all these awards in Walt Disney World. Lost it all. Came back. Decided I'm going to climb up. Here's my triumphant return. I'm so excited. But the only full-time job is this. And you have to keep the job for 90 days if you're full-time f- mm. to be part of it. Right. So, you know, after after 90 days, if you don't make it, if you don't. So I'm doing everything right. You know, I'm an, you know, I'm an adult. I'm a smart guy. It's an easy job. 
honestly, I'm super overqualified for it, but I just, it was the only full-time job that they had. Sure. There was no big auditions this time. And I was by myself. I didn't have my dog or my kids. Nobody was by myself this time. So I took the job. I get fired. And that's what sent me over to Universal, where yes. there was a job for me to paint. It was called Harry Potter and the Wizarding World. Wow. So there I start doing all of Diagon Alley. I did all of the train station the leaky cauldron. Then we move over and we do Hogwarts and Hogsmeade for a giant refurb thing. And we fix some things that need to be done. Right. And then I, and then later on, years later, I guess after I become an Imagineer, which you have to read the book. Mm -hmm. Somehow I just got lucky. I told you guys it's been very spoiled with my, yeah. you know, I guess if you work hard, you're in the right spot and you just try, you know, your chances are a lot better. And then you just need like a little bit of magic or well, watching out for me. Because yeah. every year on my birthday, on my birthday, I became an animation artist. I was assessed and I got my stamp that says copyright Disney. It's such a big day for me. Then years later, I got my helmet from Imagineering right here right. on my birthday. Right. So that special day is just through Walt Disney World. And now for the 50th anniversary, I put together, I finally got it done, the book with Catherine's help. I got this book done. Yeah. That is... That's real cool. It's heartwarming. You guys would love it. Yeah. We'll have to get you out a couple copies if you read it. I'd love to send yeah. you one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Great. yeah. So, so uh, go ahead. Go, hang on. I would like to ask. Oh, uh, go ahead. Uh, sure, sure, sure. Uh, Tony does a great job of putting show notes together. Uh, and one of the things that he found on your resume was the Polynesian bungalows. Yeah. That, uh, first of all, that is my <laughs> place at, at Walt Disney World. Oh. Uh, Covered them recently, and the minute I walked in, like yeah. we call our house. My last name is Donahue, so we call our house Holly Donahue. So Hawaii uh, and, and I are very, uh, very close. So please tell me a little bit about that. Oh, I'll tell you, I love that place. Well, that's really great for you to say that. And I got to tell you something: you're not alone. So many people secretly love one part or another about the Polynesian. Of all the things I've done, it's one of the things I talk about the most, honestly, because people do have really fallen in love with it. They yeah. moved the pool five feet so you could still see the castle when you're swimming. Like, right. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. Like, so, so I, I, oh man, that, that job, I got a chance to work with the Imagineers really, really closely there. It was just me and them kind of at a lot of point. And uh, so I got to know them all and work with them all. And, and I wasn't an Imagineer yet. So they gave me all the they gave me all the work. <laughs> it was like I was being tested, but I didn't know it. Right. So they were quietly just watching me from different places, have meetings, and my name kept coming up with each different Imagineer. And they knew Pandora was coming and needed somebody with my skill set. Mm. And I just slid right into Imagineering and got my helmet through that way. But the the Polynesian. So there's parts in the Polynesian where there's a hot tub. Right. If you can picture it. But around that hot tub is all the basalt, you know, the, the lava that hardens and turns to rock. Mm -hmm. And in it, there's strata and stuff. So next time you're there, look a little closer at the colors in the rock. And you'll know that there was a guy a long time ago sitting there sweating so bad, moving two hands at once to get it, because it's just concrete. That's all yeah. this is concrete that's carved and shaped to look like it is. And these guys are masters at this too, you know. And then to come in and have all the colors around you. And you can't get it on anywhere else. You just have to keep it on the wall kind of. So you got to cover things if you're going to really spray and stuff. So, mm. But in the meantime, other people are jackhammering around it. But when you're done and you have all these really cool spots, you know, it really starts to come together. You start to really feel it. And so they go from, they go from Lilo and Stitch to, to Moana through all the tropical things that they have. But there's always that you have your own Polynesian feel. Like, you know that, Joe, or John, when you go there, you feel like really. So one of the coolest things was, I, I got to say, was that was the little the little bar when you go in with the with the with the surfboards that move up and down and the tiki heads that yell you. What a great thing. Hmm. I believe it's uh, it's Trader what? It's, it's Trader Sands. Yeah, Trader yeah, Sam's, sorry. Yep. I'm always at Trader Joe's and I always afraid I'm gonna say Trader Joe's. <laughs> We're sorry. So so Trader Sam's, yeah. And so one of the coolest mem uh, memories I have of that is they show me this picture and like, can you duplicate this on this wall? And I, I didn't know if I could or not, you know, but I said yes. I said, absolutely, sure I can. <laughs> no idea, no idea what I'm doing. I, of course I had an idea. I've done five hundred murals, but you don't say no. You just don't say no. Yeah. I, I learned that a long time ago. Disney World, 
no, you just take no and you crumble it up and you throw it away. You just don't use that word. Right. Yes is the answer to guests, to everybody, your boss, everybody. And then you work your butt off and you make it happen. Yeah. So this was, was a real abstract. What's it that? that it was that way with Walt, too. Yeah. You didn't say yeah. that with Walt. Yeah. No way, man. Yeah. No way. And if you can't find a way to do it, then you ask somebody to help you, whatever. You get it done for the company. Right. So they had so I don't do a lot of abstracts. And this was very abstract. It was like colors mixed and move, light, shadows. It was really, really funky. Um so of course I have to have sponges, rags, and brushes to do it. But mm. I can do it. When I got all the tools, because they give you everything you need there, just the most great like that. If you say you need, I need car corrugated like cardboard, but in little pieces, man, they'll find some way to make it happen for you. If mm. you say you really need it, they they don't. You you need a tool, you get it with Disney Rope. It's the right. top of everything. So I said I needed a couple of things: a rag, a sponge, and a brush. And man, I had a ladder. And the coolest memory, and I want to share this with you, is while I'm doing it, it's coming together. I'm moving my hands in ways that, you know, you don't really see. And I can do it fast. I'm brushing out the paint and spread it across the wall to get one layer down that you can almost see through. So I throw the next color on top and now you see layers. But I'm doing this with two hands moving so fast because I only have so much time with the wet paint before it dries. And I have to move sure. it in ways yeah. that you really got to manipulate it. So this is high art talk, I guess. But some of your listeners would really appreciate what I'm saying. And, you know, you probably have really intelligent listeners, so I'm sure they're going to get this. Yeah. But as I'm moving it, I'm listening. I'm listening to what's going on behind me and it's ruckus, 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 noise, noise, noise. And then it's silence. Mm -hmm. And I don't even realize it, but the silence is almost deafening because I turn around and all the animatronics guys and everybody, they're like just watching me. They got like clipboards down to their sides and they're just looking out and they just couldn't believe they could see somebody do this with me before. And I felt so proud that day. It's like somewhere, somebody went back to Imagineering and said, whoever that guy is, we need him on our team if he did things like that. It was a really proud moment for me. Yeah. Now people don't know it. I don't know if that's what you want from me, John. I mean, I, I did the volcano and those bungalows, my God, it's all, a lot of this is in the book. There's a whole story that you're going to love in the book. Yeah. You have to have a, one of my books, John. We're going to get you a book. I <laughs> uh, appreciate that. You too, Tony. Absolutely. Yeah. All Both right. Cool. cool. The bungalows for me, I mean, I, I, I've always loved the Polynesian. It's always been Did you like, stay? Did you stay in the bungalows ever? Yes, uh, yes I did. Oh, yeah. well, man, you know more about them than I do. <laughs> yeah. I decorated them, painted them, got them ready, and then walked away. You <laughs> stayed in there. Yeah, I got oh. I only Talk about getting night. spoiled. Yeah, I only got to spend one night, but it was it was an amazing night. We didn't sleep very much that night. Uh because the thing about it is in what you create, like going into Trader Sam's is an incredible experience. And the thing that the sad thing about great art for what you're doing is you not everybody's gonna pay attention to it. It's just part of the atmosphere. They don't know that you're creating the atmosphere, but you've created this incredible atmosphere. Mm. The thing about the bungalows, the way the Imagineers designed it, you walk in and on a surface level, you're like, wow, this is just like being in a really nice bungalow. And then everywhere you look, there is some little piece of art, some little hidden yes. nook, some little something. Yes. Like all night long, all we did was just open drawers and look at stuff because we oh were trying my god, to yeah, all the hidden stuff that you guys put into that. So, you know, well, you know, it's expensive, right? It's an expensive stay there. It's yes. one of the most yeah. expensive yeah. before Star Wars and before Pandora. It was you know right up there with the you know the highest of the Grand Floridian. So. You, you know, you're going to get your money's worth. How about the jacuzzi that's right along the level of the lake? Do you watch yeah. the electric parade? And what about uh, the shower? What about the shower that has TV for you? Like, and the mirrors and stuff. Like, it's yeah. amazing in there, you know? I'm traveling yeah. through with boots and sweating. And there's some, like, team of people behind me cleaning up and wiping everything down. So when I left, it was pristine for the guests. But, yeah. man... I'm so glad you got to stay in one because it's an experience that a lot of people don't get. And yeah, it is exactly like we're describing that little deck out back too. Yeah. Oh, come yeah. on, man. Get off yourself. That's awesome. The cool thing was is I'm a huge Lilo and Stitch fan. And oh, me I, too. I'm so glad you did. I'm so glad you're saying that. One of the uh one of the, the beds laid out and there was a great scene of Lilo and Stitch there. And I know. I'm, I would break that if I laid on it, but I just want to sleep right there tonight. Oh, <laughs> uh, come on. Call me up. I'll come to your house. We'll put it above your bed. You got no worries, man. We'll just knock it right out for you. You could do it yourself. You can project it up there on a the wall and then just chase it out and paint it, man. 
Yeah, I mean, see, if, you you're gonna, if you're going to be a lost boy, then, then go all the way with it, man. Yeah. Sleep under the own stitch. I, I did a stitch mural one time where Stitch was clawing down the walls, like hanging on like he was bad Stitch. But the whole wall was wallpaper that was ripped from him coming down. And it was really cool. Oh, and I only wow. did it in like two colors. But I remember it was years ago before I even worked at Disney. Or actually oh, before, cool. I, before I went back for Imagineering. Anyway. Um, yeah. You 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 love the bungalows. Did you notice that there really wasn't a lot of it was all like high tech, beautiful stuff. The front door was the was the part that was themed. Your door, the outside of it, that's it. Everything else was themed, but it was mm. high end stuff. It wasn't hand painted art. It was really really pristine, like top notch. Yeah, everything was amazing. Super top notch. Yeah. That door. I painted every door and every bungalow and made it look like it was the wood of an old door on a cabin on a ship that got destroyed because of the volcano's rage. Oh, wow. And, and, and the door was, was the only thing that flowed in and it carried the, the, the men and, and the yeah. boys that were fishermen for the village. Yeah. And with the deal they had with the volcano, they had to move out onto the water. They couldn't be on the, the volcano kids. The volcano goddess said, you can stay, but you have to be off of my land. Right. So they built them out over the water yeah. and everybody was in peace and harmony and they got with it. So they could still fish and run and get fruit and stuff like that, fresh water. Yeah. But then they had to go back onto their bungalows and get out right. of, right. get off of her, her Island. Cause that was the deal. It's this big story, but that's the whole thing. Like it's not only lone stitch and it's not Moana, but when we were building it, like we were just trying to think of what we we're going to do. We we're just trying to make it like fit. Mm. And so we can't, and I came up with this little story, the, everything I was just telling you was a little story. Came up, and had it handed it like to the, head of Imagineering and her name was Colleen and she didn't know what to make of it at first. And next thing I know, she's the one that called me and said, you know, I read that story and you're, we need you on Pandora, man. Yeah. So I was so like blown away. So lucky. And then I worked there and I had a white helmet because I, you know, I didn't really know for sure whether I cut the mustard, but I was in charge of training the interns how to do this. These are college kids that Disney has their eye on yeah. and they give me as a professional to bring these interns with me to go do every vine every block me and like four other imagineers had like teams of interns and other contractors to help us pull it off but we had to kind of direct it all and it was so much work and i just got to work with the most amazing people and then when i got my helmet i just called my dad and i'm like i uh then i got that helmet and the imagine and the engineering part really was a big part of it you know yeah. it's i was I was like in my mid forties when that phone call happened and wow. he said, I'm so proud of you. But that's the first time my dad told me he was proud of me. And that was a big moment for me. So yeah. Yeah. yeah so you talk these about, are just, yeah. Sorry. You, you talk about Pandora. So what was your, what did you do at Pandora? Where, where can we see your fingerprint? Yeah. I worked on all of it. Like yeah. there's about, there's maybe 50 at most Imagineers. Right. And we just tack, we tackled the whole project, every bit of it, everything right. you see. Every bit of rust, every bit of ooze, every rock, every broken tree, every every moss covered vine, and I'm telling you, there's there's almost fifteen hundred vines from like from like this big to the size of five school buses, just right. cast iron sweeping along, yeah, connecting floating mountains, and then all right. the rocks I did, oh, mm. it was so much work. Like you're doing layers and layers of paint to get levels to look right from the ground, but you're you know, 100, 150 feet in the air. Yeah. So it's a lot of communication. It's a lot of right. practice too. You have to understand it. Yeah. Um, yeah. But man, I got to be places like, uh, like people never see. I get to stand on top of those mountains because, you know, you're all the way up top and the top has to be painted. Sure. In fact, James, Ca James Cameron said, now we're still waiting on the next movie, but he said when it comes out, because he loved what we did, he's just going to send a drone up with a camera and use that footage in the next in the next film. That's oh, what he wow. promised us. Yeah, he said, I never sad. saw it. Yeah. yeah. Well, he saw the see, The movie was computer, uh, like, brilliance, right? It was brilliant to see the colors, mm -hmm. the, the, the avatar. But, you know, after that, you're like, okay, that's great. But you could never build that real world, you mm. know, unless you go to Walt Disney World and they'll say, yes, we can. And that's that whole project was, yes, we can. Yes, we yeah. can make these mountains float. Yeah. And I'm not even going to tell you how they did it. It was amazing how they did it. And they got caught up in a root of the tree of light. You know, the tree yeah. that, that got, got destroyed? Mm -hmm. Well, it falls over and it lifts up the roots. Right. So those roots now will catch the one floating mountain and the vines it's attached to will attract the other one. 
And then that has a waterfall that runs down into the ground that we hide. So it just looks like it's floating and all you see is water falling down on the one and the root from the tree caught the other one. And they're the only things. And then in the distance, you see the other ones moving way, way, way in the distance. So we created like three or four, like five really big. I mean, these are the sizes of like auditoriums, but they're rocks. Like imagine an asteroid. So that's, you know, so we had this model that was the size of like a quadruple wide trailer. If you could imagine that was so Mm -hmm. big and there were tables that were on wheels so we could separate it so we could walk in between it because the model was for real, man. It was like a one tenth scale, Mm. but it was accurate. It had all the paths and all the elevations and everything that we needed. So we would take pictures on our phone and then go out on the job site and just take shovels and, you know, get the dirt and get the the foundations and start from there and start building. But it's, it's so, it's like chaos coordinated because everybody knows what they're doing. We just kind of got to be patient with each other. And then it starts to take on a life of itself. And that's the really cool part. When that started happening, we had what was called a lay down yard. It was behind the scenes. I guess wouldn't get to see, Mm. but also we shared the land there with the people that train those beautiful birds, those parrots that fly out over the crowd for the, for that show. So those parrots have to be trained to do that. So, but they let them go outside, out back, and they would all come hang on the scaffolding around the floating mountains that we were making that were going to be way, way, way in the back. So while we're building them twice a day, these beautiful birds would just be sitting like right next to you. They weren't afraid of me at all. Hmm. Like they belong there. I didn't. They were, that was their place. And we were just building that thing for them apparently. So they'd come and they'd lose feathers and stuff. So the the head of Imagineering, Joel, like he was in charge of this project. Him, Stephen Porter's last, and 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 Eric. There are some really big people in this, but he was really so into the earth and animals that when one feather fell, I saved it. I said, "Hey, man, Joel, you can have this." He said, "Oh, Timmy, I have so many of these, and I thank you." And he gives them to to Native Americans, and so hmm. and he he brought on, I don't know maybe seven native American artists to come help us with Pandora to bring the earth and the animals. We used a plastic that nobody knows about that hardens and can flex Hmm. and can take the heat and can take the paint and animals can eat it. So if a raccoon came up and decided to gnaw out a little part, it wouldn't hurt the animal in any way, completely digestible, but impervious to rain, water, everything else. Once it's dry and it dries fast and it's no joke, but once once you carve it to where you want it and it hardens, then you just you throw some varnish on it to prime it sort of, and then you go ahead with your imagination and every single vine all around, well fifteen hundred vines is there's imagineers and well that was actually my part it was the vines yeah. mostly when they were done then I jumped in to help with everything else and there was so much everything else like I'm telling you that was an amazing project. Right. I know people don't are like oh the movie but you got to ride that that flight of passage and yeah. just feel the heart, right. the heartbeat on your thighs and the smell of the soil. It's just too much. It's just, I know I saw it went in and I saw when they built that there's tw- 12 cameras for every eye for each yeah. eye. So there's, there's 24 cameras synced perfectly for each of your eyes. So when it, when they put it together with the glasses, you really feel the breeze and you can see as you go yeah. through, it's an amazing technical thing it really right. and being like the first one to ride it you know it was so great oh there was imagineers crying it was so yeah. beautiful the first time because yeah. we knew what the guests would see right. We're like oh they're gonna just love this so much you know? right so when, that was a really cool moment yeah so when you're given like an assignment you know paint the bungalow doors or paint these yeah. lines, are you given like direction like hey you know use this color we want it to look like this or or are they just giving you, hey, this is the feel and the theme we're looking for, and then, Timmy, you go do your thing? Well, part of hiring an artist is understanding that he's going to have an interpretation of what you're saying. He's sure. going to translate it. Right. So, so they would say, on some things, we need it exactly like this. And other things, if we can get in this ballpark, I think we'd be okay. Okay. When they say that to me, I say, okay, let's get it close. And maybe if I want to show off a little bit, I can. Right. But you don't have a lot of time. If you can get it where they want it, then you're done. You did it. Yeah. My trick, the thing I did, I think it made me successful was if I just got it to 85% and then I went to a superior and said, where are we? 
They'd say, oh, I love it. Do this and this and you're done. They give me the other 15%. They got to be a part of it. They've invested their knowledge to me. I've portrayed that on the artwork mm -hmm. and the project gets done. Trying to go 100% and if they don't like it, then you got to go backwards. Now yeah. you're wasting time. So I'd get you 85% was always my mark. Get me to a B and I'll take you to the A. Hold my hand. We'll cross the finish line together. It yeah. works every time. And so our directors start to see that. They're like, I okay. see. Timmy's going to leave me. I can go left or I can go right. I get to make the final decision on the art director. Right. And when you give the art director that that access to your work and without – like you don't get married to your work at Walt Disney World. You do what you can to make it beautiful. But if they decide that a staircase has to come through your wall, guess what? Staircase has come through your wall and your wall has gone. So – don't get married to it. Don't right. get your heart broken when things change and they grow. Yeah. Yeah. It's a big thing you have to get, come to terms with, especially like you guys. I'm a big fan. Yeah. So when we did the so the Maelstrom in Epcot, mm. growing up, was one of my favorite things ever. And to be right. asked to turn it into Frozen, you know, it's like it hits you a little bit. You're like, oh, Don't. you know, I'm a Viking. Oh, yeah. no, I'm a little girl and I'm singing to a snowman. Like it was hard for me. But then I realized that. The good of the company, the good of of, of Norway yeah. and everybody involved, things have to grow. And then the popularity of Frozen just went through the roof. Like right. I, I never knew we had this many little girls on our planet, but we do. And they all loved, you know, let it go, let it go. Like little kids everywhere. Yeah. So at one point you got to say, yeah. Like if you don't do it here, you know, mm -hmm. and they kept the track mostly. Yeah. So. Mm -hmm. So those of us that are in the know, you yeah, know, there's five-year-old little girls will never care about the no. Vikings. But, <laughs> man, they love Olaf, right? And they love, yeah. you know, yeah. Yeah. all the characters. And stuff like that. Right. right. Okay. That's got to be a little harp. I, I mean, for somebody like yourself who went there, wrote that as Maelstrom, it's got to be a little heartbreaking to go in there and then take it apart and turn it into Frozen. I know. That, that's got to break your heart somewhere. <laughs> I know. Fortunately, fortunately, the decision. I mean, it's very mine. cool. It's a very cool attraction, you know. Yeah, but still, know. it's got to hurt tradition a little bit. is gone, and, yeah. Yeah. and things are lost. People will never get to see the Maelstrom yeah. again ever. Yeah. yeah, you know, maybe in Norway, but not in. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, So yeah, it's heartbreaking, man. Of course it is. It's like it's like tearing down, you know, the castle because you want to make a hot dog stand. We didn't get it at first, but other people bigger than me made these decisions. Sure. And I could either go with it. Yeah. Or stamp my feet and watch it happen anyway. So I right. figured if it's going to get done, then we're going to do it right. Yeah. And Take so we got together and we said, all right, fine. And boy, oh boy, is it a success. The inside, the outside, up, down, sideways and backwards. It's just a huge phenomenon because let's be honest with each other here. I love Walt Disney world. I love Epcot like nobody, but the food in Norway, the raw fish in the morning with the, I, I can't eat that stuff. To me, their cuisine does not attract a lot of people, man. So they, that's why they have the princess breakfast there, because then at least you have to come see the princesses. Then, well, that all changed when they did Frozen. Yeah. Now the place is packed. Whether, you know, other people love it. I, I, my cuisine is very, you know, American. So I, I have an uncultured view of what I'm talking about. Other people probably love it and think it's a delicacy. But me with a five-year-old girl and a three-year-old boy, Man, we didn't want to eat raw fish for breakfast like that, like big slabs of it the way they I couldn't. Yeah. I just it wasn't in my cuisine. So I you know, my, my taste buds were just so I didn't like it. I couldn't force my kids to eat it. And so right. we made the most of like crackers and water and then saw the princesses like everybody else does. But now when you go in, I think Norway has opened up more of a I think they have a more of a delicacy thing where you can get um more treats and sweets and stuff like that too. Sure. So, yeah. so it's all evolved into this wonderful thing. So right. I love it. Right. So when you go into a, a new project and, you know, maybe, maybe like a, a, you know, frozen or primarily like looking at like Pandora. Yeah. You know, for years we were hearing about how great Pandora is going to be with the bioluminescence and the, the floating mountains and all the really cool things. When you go into a project as an Imagineer, how much, I mean, I know there's a lot of changes along the way and things have to shift and adjust, but how much of that going in did you have, you know, did you know that you're going to have to do this and this and this, you got bioluminescence, you got this, I think the floating mountains were probably a given, but, but how much of that, did you have on the front end versus like, you know, as you're going through, did you have to like adjust? I mean, did you okay. have a lot of on the front or did you just kind of 
That's a fantastic question, and it's so well thought out. There's a simple answer for it, though, I think. In Disney World, and with, with Disney's just pull, you know, Disney basically owns everything. So when they need something, there's nothing stopping them. If they needed moon dust for something, we could get it for them. Like, that's Disney. So they build this model that is so exact. I, I have to go back to the model. When you have that, John, then you can go and measure. It's one-tenth of everything. So parts of it were taller than me because they're so big in real life. So when you have that, you build it exactly to the measurements that you have. So you have that. Now, what happens is it's heavier sometimes and the ground kind of gives a little bit. So things may sway a little bit. So there are adjustments that we had to make as we got up higher. You know, you have to build from the ground up, obviously. So, and when we did that, we really had a great structure. So we stayed so as true as we could to the model. So going into it, I know I'm trying to meet that model. What happens is, there's a harmony that takes place between artists. None of us get to sign this, but we all get to give it to the rest of the world for the rest, for the next hundred years. We won't even be, live long enough to see the end of this project. So we know that. So once everybody's in a good place, there's a kind of a harmony that happens where you know what they're doing for the whole week. You know what they're doing for a whole week. And if you can help them and they can help you, you do. And it just kind of takes over. I hate to make it sound so Disney and magical, that's what happens. It's like the Lion King. It's like a harmony of a of a forest, really, with everybody knowing their part and doing it. And you want to do it. You want to be. You want to hold up your end of it. And so does the guy next to you. And you don't want to impede each other in any way. The better that you work together, the better the project is. Well, that spirit of that took over, and I have to give that to the leadership of that project because they really kept that spirit of Earth and the animals and being symbiotic with it. At the very end of the project, we got to put our hands, the Imagineers, each one of us, got to put our hands in paint that would match and go through the queue. And wherever there was like a hand from the Navi, we got to put our own handprint. So I have, I actually have a couple of them in there. But it's really, it's a really neat thing to tell your kids and show them. Like they were so proud because to get fired from the Animal Kingdom Lodge as a busboy, I never did get to tell you a story about Blossom, but to get fired from that job to go to Universal to work all through the Harry Potter stuff. Plus I did the Popeye stuff and I did King Kong and I did all kinds of stuff at Universal. Like they've been so great to me too. I got to tell you, like Walt kind of went with me everywhere I went. It seemed everywhere I went, I got very lucky. But luck comes with hard work and being brave enough to try stuff. Right. right. Yeah. Tell us about, this is, uh, go ahead. I feel like I've hypnotized you too. <laughs> no, 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 no. So yeah. uh, We love hearing the stories. They're, they're fantastic. Um, you know, me and John, both Indiana Jones fan, Hangar Bar fans. Oh, so oh. tell us uh, what you did at the Hangar Bar. And you must know where all the secret Easter eggs are hidden in that place, too. So, I don't know all of them, actually, right. because a lot a lot of people get to add them at yeah. different times. So okay. when I'm there, I add mine. And if right. somebody else comes along, I have to find it just like you do. Like, yeah. That's the magic for everybody. Right. So I don't get I'm not in charge of this or that right. Easter egg or whatever. Right. Everybody like, and you have to sneak it in. You can't just make it real obvious. You have to kind of hide it. It's really cool. Yeah. So the hangar bar, I did a lot of work. See, that was, we get wood and it's brand new and it's from the lumber yard. And it looks like every other piece of wood. And no, 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 we have to make it look, you know, 75 years old, but weather worn and beat up. Mm. So that's a lot of fun to do that. Yeah. So you get to beat the wood and you get to like look at it and say, what do you think of this piece? I won't look here, good here, but put it there. And then sooner or later, it starts to grow and build into this old, exactly what it's supposed to be for yeah. the story. Yeah. So then you go inside and then, oh my God, you're putting in the props and you're, you're making things look further away than they are and really messing up people's visions and stuff. And yeah. the hangar bar is just a romantic, great place too. Like if you ever get the chance to just sit there and have a meal, you know, you'll have fun there. It's a great, it's a great right. spirit of it. Yeah. And it's right on the water. So, you know, it, it really fits like it, like a biplane would come in on the water and land and you'd have lunch and go out again. It's, it's just a clever thing. Right. So right. thanks for asking about that. There's a, there's a bridge in, 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 in Disney Springs. It's yeah. It's a Coquino bridge. And uh, you'll walk over it a thousand times and you won't even know it. But, oh, it took weeks. We had to move water and hold it back. And, like, we'd watch out because at night, like, there's a – you're right off a of Disney property right there at Hotel Lane. Somehow the alligators would come and get the fish because we had them corralled so we could save right. them. Right. So the alligators are like, oh, they can't go anywhere. So we had to move that. So that was a whole project just to get 
to build a bridge to let the water come back again. Mm. So while we're like, we're trying to paint, we're like, oh, and so like this fish would float out and you'd see a guest, a little girl or somebody would sneak her camera out to like look over the bridge and we'd be like, no. So we'd have to like put screens up, big green screens yeah. that are not really that attractive, but it's so better than a fish that is half eaten that's floating. Right. Oh, it was so bad. Right. So I know that's not very magical, but it's a really interesting thing of what you have to go through to move stuff to make other things happen and still try. Now, then Disney decided, okay, well, we're taking all the fish out. So they removed all the fish, took care of the fish, and then brought them back. Yeah. There is a whole lake they could have put them out to, but fishes want to come back. So go on. I'm sorry. Yeah. So is that the bridge that goes to where the uh, so, uh, bee sausage to like over by rain, uh, rainforest? No, volcano. I can't even think of the restaurant. Well, well, is that do you the- remember where? I'll tell you exactly where it is. The, um, do you remember the, um, the round, um, I'm sorry, uh, Planet Hollywood. Yeah. Planet Hollywood was. Okay. Right. So there's a bridge right there. So oh, that, seriously. Okay. That, but if you look at it, it's all fossils of seashells yeah, and little pieces of coral that have been put in this bridge. And yeah. I'm telling you, we by the time we got to there, yeah. we had to paint every little shell and paint everything. And people just walk right by. They don't realize. Yeah. But that's the level of detail. We knew that. Right. We knew that people wouldn't. But still, we were there in the sun yeah. where guests couldn't see us with scrims hiding us <laughs> while we're putting the sprints together before right. they could release the water and bring it back through. Right. It's really a fascinating project. Yeah, and, and if people don't realize, they just walk through and see all this wonder. But the hard work that goes behind it, not just by me. Man. I'm not – I don't want to lie, but I I haven't paid attention either. (laughs) And now I'm going to. Right. Start looking a little closer. If you go downtown, you'll see this mural. And I I helped uh, get it ready for the wall. You know, I I didn't paint it. I just helped get it ready to put up. And then I never got to see it again. And I finally found that it's really great. It's just this train. It's a train with a background. But it's up kind of high. Like if you go at the first part of – I don't know where it is, man – yeah, downtown Disney has changed a lot. It was yeah. it was Disney Springs. Yeah, you know, I mean, it was downtown Disney, and then it's Disney Springs. Yeah. Yeah. And I was there through all of it, so I was there yeah. for the change of it. Right. And it's I just got real fortunate to be able to work with some of the most amazing Imagineers there too. Yeah. So yeah, that was really a lot of fun. And uh, did we did we lose John? Yeah, John had a, has a meeting at eight o'clock that he's got to go to. So okay, now you're well, stuck with there, me. Okay, well <laughs> we can do this. Is there, what what I I. I I just kind of am trying to give you whatever it is yeah. that you think so, that you might need. What was your favorite project or job that you did? Honestly, Hagrid's Motorbike Adventure was really up really? there. I mean, I loved getting my helmet and being an Imagineer. Yeah. But after that, I got an opportunity to go to Star Wars mm. or go to this other project I wasn't sure. When I found out it was Hagrid's, I did all the other Harry Potter stuff. There's like five attractions there. I worked on all of them. This was the last one. And I got an opportunity to build my own team Mm. and pull it off. And we did it. And I promised my students that they could then go and finish Star Wars and put the finishing touches if they learned. So I took these artists who never really did any of this before Mm. and slowly showed them. And man, they were crackerjack artists. They were so sharp. So they learned fast. And and when you really put the training in the heart into something, mm. and these girls believed in it, they knocked it out of the park. They won Roller Coaster of the Year for 2019. Yeah. They were at that ceremony. It was so amazing. They got to paint the biggest mural from the Mississippi over to the east wow. uh, in Haggard's at 17,800 square feet. Wow. And they did it in five weeks with a roller coaster just 10 feet away from them that they had to test. So we'd have to come down, and some days it would rain. Really, yeah. So when I say five weeks, it was really only four because there was a lot of rain and downtime. Sure. Yeah. So so then they all go off and now they're all art directors on their own right. So that was so rewarding. So when you asked me what my favorite one was, it's a toss-up. I love the how much the imaginary one meant to me personally. I, mm. I'll never get through that. But then to then after that, go ahead and build a right. team and have them win all these awards and become rock stars in their own right. When they were individuals that really were overlooked before, but they shouldn't have been, but they were. Right. There's a lot going on and people get fall through the cracks. So I went down, I scooped a couple of really good ones up, put them together, and it worked. They gelled. They became like right. I call them the mis I call them the misfit toys. Yeah. Because they were just like this one did this and this one did that. But when they came together, man, they were unstoppable team. It was nice. great. So, yeah. so what was uh, one thing you would have liked to have worked on but did not have the chance? Uh, oh, that's a great question. Yeah, 
Was there something I, I would have, that happened I, that you go, oh, you were doing something else and you would have rather I, I got, that? That's a great question. I got, I got, I, got, I was wrapped up in painting the entrances and the exits to the Magic Kingdom and Epcot mm. at the very end before the pandemic. So back to yeah. the colors that Walt imagined in the beginning. Yeah. Okay. You got to imagine over 50 years they've changed maybe 13 sure. times. Yeah. So to bring them back to Walt's colors and to be the person to do that with my history with Walt, my birthday yeah. and all the great things that have happened to me right. was a great way for it to end. But at the same time, they were just putting up the scaffolding and the, the, the structure work for Tron, man. I really love, I wanted yeah. to work on Tron so bad. Like I heard about it. I've never seen it. I, I, one day we were real slow. I was painting, but it was one of those days where it was raining. Mm. So I got a chance to drive uh, insulation into Tron and hand it off to the other guys there on the team. Right. But but you know that's like a that's a track. It's indoors. Sure. And so you know I'm a I'm a fine artist. There was a lot of that was tech and really cool. Like yeah. A wall one color. You don't need me for that. You know, yeah. Like a lot of people can make that. But right. Tron would be one I would love. And Ratatouille. Oh. Mm. I love Ratatouille over in Epcot. I would have loved to have been a part of that. Yeah. So there were two projects I really wish I worked on. Yeah. 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 That's a great question. Nobody yeah. ever asked me that before. That's a great question. <laughs> Thank you. Good. You're all right, Tony, man. I like this. <laughs> uh, but let's wrap up. All right. So we, yeah. we know there's a book. Tell everybody the name of the book. Yeah. Where they can get the book. And then, you know, your website and your art and all that kind of stuff. So you can order the book on Amazon. Real simple. Okay. It's uh, Extraordinary Everyday Magic, and my name is on it, Timmy Britt, and okay. Catherine Bell is the writer. It's got, it's got Walt in his silhouette on the cover with mm. fireworks as he's watching. In fact, it's right behind me. That's yeah. the cover right there. Yeah. If you look, you can see almost like a hidden Mickey where he's wearing right. ears. And sure. So anyway, that's on Amazon, and you can order that. And then uh, otherwise, at Timmy Britt Art or Timmy Britt Studios on Instagram, timmybritt.art is my website. And Anything you want to find is right there. I, I recommend that people just check the book out. I mean, there's 50 illustrations. Yeah. You know, it's the same price as any other book, but a lot of work went into it. And there's like real heartwarming chapters for everybody or chapters that you're like, wow, I can't believe we went through that. If you're going through the same thing, maybe there's a way for you through it. You just right. follow some of the things I'm saying. Right. But yeah, Extraordinary Everyday Magic on Amazon, basically. And uh, man, it can be shipped out to you in three days. It's yeah. great. Great. And it's out now. It's not a pre-order, right? We just got it out because October's coming. Okay. And that's the Good. 50th anniversary, really. Good. So we wanted to be ready to walk in there because I want to be there on my birthday. Yeah. And I want to just have that feeling of having that book there, knowing that cool. I gave my life to this to this dream this one guy had and yeah. still watching people love it, you know? Yeah. And I'm only one person and I'm not even the most talented person. There are so many people that make mm. it work at Walt Disney World. It's really yeah. impressive. And to just be a part of it and then be aware enough to pay attention, you really appreciate the magical level so deep. It's, it's really a beautiful thing. And I'm very fortunate. I'm really lucky. Yeah. I'm so grateful to be here with you. Thank you so much for this. Yeah. No. I hope like you had, like it. Yeah. Sounds like you had a great time uh, working for Disney and really loved everything you did. Oh, I did so much. I'm really fortunate. Like I was grateful yeah. to have every day that I did. And and I'm not saying I'm done. I might go back. There might be things I might be able to do. Because now with the Imagineering, well, with the Imagineering team moving to Florida now, it's going to grow and expand and they're going to need help. And, yeah. you know, I'm old enough and I've been up and down and around and back and forward. So I, I know how to do it. <laughs> like uh, bed knobs and broomsticks. I, I wish that we would have had a chance to talk about that because I wanted oh. to bring up some Disney nostalgia, but oh, yeah. maybe you'll have me on again. Yeah. Well, absolutely have you on again. Yeah. We, uh, you know, one of the things we try to do is, you know, there's a lot of people out, you know, that's worked for the Disney company doing various jobs and things like that but uh we try to bring people on and let them tell the story because you know once unfortunately you leave this planet uh that's you know, all who's you have gonna, who's gonna tell your story right so exactly um and mine are, and i'm just telling you what happened to me i'm just trying to you in play by play every podcast i do is different and this one you guys really let me just go off it wasn't i you had great questions but you also let me just go and tell lots yeah. of stories so yeah so thank yeah. you for letting me just ramble yeah. on about it we don't like talking. Don't. We, we'd rather the guests do the talking. The Disney Parks Podcast is not affiliated with the Walt Disney Company. All Disney Parks, attractions, lands, shows, event names, etc. are registered trademarks of the Walt Disney Company. Love.
like a boat out of the blue. Fate steps in and sees you through. 